This is Catherine. And this is Seth. And this is Philorian United. United. Woo! There <laughs> needs to be a woo. But you didn't forget the name of our show this time. I'm proud Listen, of you. <laughs> Listen, I do three podcasts now. I do three podcasts oh, now. so cool. And this, you're listening to whatever I'm doing today. <laughs> Huzzah. So we are starting season two, mm-hmm. uh, which is amazing. Uh, for me, one of the hardest season I have to. Uh, it's not my favorite one, so it's going to oh, no. be... It's gonna be fun to uh, see through lenses because I ended up adoring. Season you one wear glasses. More. You see everything through lenses. <laughs> um, and uh, this theme, the today's theme is repercussion. Yes. So uh, my story is about how <laughs> I did something that ended up changing my life, but I didn't knew at the time. Mm-hmm. I um, when I went in Quebec, we have what we call cégep, mm-hmm. which is after high school we have two or three years of Cégep, where either you um, learn to be a, to do a trade, mm-hmm. or you uh, you work to well that pre university mm-hmm. where you, you learn how to uh, do big essays and uh, yeah. learn like the basic of your your. Okay, I just want to cut in and say that the idea of Cégep is great because essentially after high school you get all your dumb shit out at Cégep before you go to university, and it costs less. Yep. <laughs> It's like it's like a couple hundred dollars. You just pay for books, guys. Everyone come to Canada. <laughs> but um, and I was not ready to leave my my uh, my hometown. Hometown. Well, my home. Like a region. Region. Yeah. And so I, I I left like from one city an hour from my parents, and mm-hmm. like it was in French and everything. But when it was it was time to do university, I knew I wanted to work in cinema, and I was like, okay, in cinema, most of the industry is anglophone. Uh, so I'm going to learn English. And I, I knew my way in English. Like, I could have a conversation, but it was not like... Yeah, even when we first met, it was kind of rough. It was rough and, like, not the best. And, like, I knew my way around, but I had to mime a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and um, what I did was the most stupid thing, but the best thing I could have ever done, which is apply in an uni- English university. I applied to Concordia, which is one of the best universities for cinema, and got in. And uh, and I did it. I had my classes there, and another story. I, I I met my best friend there. Where the first time we um we had the first class we had, she sat next to me, and she's like, "Hi, my name is Gabrielle. I don't have a friend, but you're mine now." <laughs> <laughs> and we're best friend. And I was like, she was made of honor. She uh, she did our marriage, and I was yeah, made of honor. Yeah, she officiated our wedding. And yeah. like I was made of honor for her. But um, no, yeah. you were a bridesmaid. That. <laughs> that I don't know all to English, which is funny. But uh, and I did my whole university in English, yeah, uh, which ended up making me fluent. And I ended up marrying an Anglophone, which was like, hey. thank God I knew my English, you know. And I yeah. think this little thing that like I oh yeah I'm gonna apply in an English university, whatever. Like when you think about it, that was so like the innocence of youth to do that because oh yeah like the first month and a half after each class i had to sleep an hour because like you had to think in english and take note in english and when it's your second language it's hard now no but like at first it was really really hard are you sure maybe that's why you take so many naps (laughs) (laughs) no that's depression (laughs) english depression same thing but yeah and i'll uh this this thing that like ended up not working in cinema and then ended up uh, changing changing university, which led me to have two BAs because I ended up finishing. Yeah. But um, even if I didn't finish in cinema, this choice of wanting to work in cinema, knowing 
that I need English ended up me being able to speak in English and have a part in a fandom that is mostly Anglophone mm -hmm. because of that. And it changed the course of my life. So, huzzah! Huzzah! So today we have a guest. His name is Sergio Osuna. He's Wraith, um, a magician, which is a Fillorian. And since we're in Fillory for the first episode, we thought it would be amazing to have him. Naturally, I recorded the whole thing, uh, recorded on my phone just to be sure, and my computer decided to crash when it was time to save. So I have the audio from my phone, which is not the best. I'm going to try to tweak it to be better. I apologize for this. I'm going to smack my computer. So uh, let's start with the 30 second recap. Who wanted to start? Okay, I don't know if I can do it in 30 seconds. We never can. I can, I can do it first if you want. I can. Okay, let's do it. All right. Ready? Now that I have, now that I have my, um, a little bit of memory of what happened. Okay. <laughs> Ready? Yes. Go. Okay, so Quinn's running around like, ah, I need help. And then he finds the wish from Hansel and Gretel, maybe. Um, and then uh, he goes back and he's like, oh no, everybody's actually alive because Alice drank some semen. And then, um, yeah, well, it's true. Don't look at me like that. Uh, and then Penny's a dick, and so his hands get all fucked up. I mean, more fucked up than they were. And um, what else happens in this episode? Oh, Alice, and there's like weird... Someone drinks semen, <laughs> they get crowned. Yeah. <laughs> That's just a regular, just a regular day. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, do you want to do your thirty-second recap? <laughs> sure, I can try and do it. Ready and yeah. go. Hugh's running around Fillory and uh, meets up with everybody, and uh, they uh, decide that Elliot needs to be um, uh, elected or appointed high king in order for them to enter the castle Wisefire, that's in Fenway. Uh, Penny gets his hands back, uh, they crown each other in a very good ceremony, and Julia's working with the Beast, uh, if the Beast tries to get Julia's shade out so she can forget about what happened, uh, and, uh... That is a really good one! <laughs> if you like, if you listen to all three of ours, then you get the whole story. You get the whole picture. You exactly. Get, you don't even have to watch the episode again. No. Yeah. It's okay. better that I think that one episode or where I just ended up naming people. <laughs> Margo, you just Elliot. Get the cast list. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> My gosh. So uh, our theme this time is repercussion or consequence. Wow. And uh, I, I went. 
want to tell you about the difference between a consequence and a repercussion because I looked it up. (laughs) Well, I thought it was interesting when you said, like, first Kat had texted me because we changed, like, originally we had another theme, but it was a little too broad, and she was like, oh, you know, we're going to do consequences, and she's like, no, repercussions is a better word. And I was like, I bet there's a difference between those. So I looked it up because I'm a nerd like that. And, like, so a consequence essentially is a result of an action. So, like, any result of an action could be good, could be bad, whatever. A, a repercussion is an unintended consequence. Oh. So, like, it could be good or bad, but, it, like, it usually, like, it says especially an unwelcome one. So, like, more often than not, a repercussion is bad, but it's, like, a consequence you didn't intend, which I thought was interesting nuance. I don't know. For whatever that's worth. Yeah, it's a little bit different. Yeah. Um, okay. So the first shot starts with literally the repercussion at the end of season one, which is everyone's dead and Huey's freaking out. <laughs> I mean, you freaking out is par for the course, but everyone being dead is a little different than usual. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and then we uh, we get the witch, and she asks for um, for his blood, and he's like, "Okay, but we never know what she does with his blood, and I still want to know. I hope they do it in season five because I need to know." <laughs> yeah, I hope they bring that back. Like, is there a clone of Q somewhere? <laughs> this well, the whole last season actually was Q's clone. <laughs> I actually, um, yeah, I thought the same thing because I didn't, I didn't remember if from uh, if it, it comes back the the vial of blood. Cause she's very adamant about no, you're not getting it back. Yeah, and you, basic- you, sh- you should, yeah, you should think about, you know, giving your blood away in Philly because nobody's gonna give it back. That's one and two. If you want, I can ask the actress because I think she's in my she's in my agency. I, I think I know her. I think we have the same agent. Oh my god, I wanna know. <laughs> I need to know. <laughs> also, no, like, but I don't know. I don't know if she's coming back or anything. Yeah. No, uh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, also, on Earth, you probably shouldn't give strangers your blood. Don't give strangers your blood, people. Lessons. <laughs> Lessons from the magicians. Don't give strangers your <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but I, I like that she says, like, we only look whimsical. Because, like, I yeah. think that, that and, like, that's the first time Q understand, like, the consequence or the repercussion of his action. Which is like, yeah. okay, now a stranger have my blood and I don't know what they're going to do with but it. I, what I also think is interesting about that is I think that when we're in a panic or um, when, you know, the, the, like, his friends were dead. So he was willing to deal with repercussions to bring his friends, you know, to help his friends. Like, so when something, yeah. when we want something so bad, how we can ignore the potential repercussions, how mm-hmm. we can be like, giving my blood away is probably fine. You know? Yeah, exactly. So yeah. I think it's, and that's something interesting about that. Yeah, it's 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 about the, the high stakes of the situation. And once he saw that everybody was okay, you know, he wanted to get it back. Yeah, it was like, never uh, mind. <laughs> too late, yeah. Take <laughs> Oh my gosh. Um, and honestly, like the only reason why they didn't die is because, as we said, uh, Alice drank uh, God semen. And that's another repercussion like, that was not foreseen that Alice couldn't die. Yeah. Absolutely. That's not something like we know as of now. Uh, we, we learn it in season two that gods are hard to kill. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that that's interesting because that's an example of a good repercussion. It was unintended, but it was positive. Yeah. Which I think is interesting. I think repercussions has a very negative, even consequence has a very negative connotation. And I think it's interesting that they could be good um, as well. Yeah. The only, well, Um, 
Go ahead. I know, I was just going to make a joke about um, that um, as a Valorian, I'm a little concerned that that vial of blood is still there. Because I don't know he uh, vaccinated himself. Um, and I don't want a measles outbreak. No, I, I, I agree. Dead. <laughs> Season 5 is uh, Filori has measles. Right. But yes, I think it's, it's, it's interesting how consequences can also be uh, positive. Um, uh, it sounds like and repercussions tend to be a little bit more negative. The only thing I don't understand in all that is why did Alice, like, uh, healed uh, Penny, but didn't reattach his hand? She could have. I think I feel like maybe she couldn't have. Like I think she would have if she could have. I feel like bringing like they were separate from him. They were no longer part of him. Like she brought him back to life, but his hands. She has no good power. Yeah, but the, I don't know. I feel like it's unclear exactly because, like in Fillory, for example, like gods are not omnipotent. Um, it's more, it's more like the Greek gods, or you know, where it's like they're not like city. It's not like the idea of like in a Judeo-Christian god, where like God is sitting and watching everyone and has these like ultimate powers. Like they each have their own kind of mm-hmm. thing that they can do. So I don't know. To me, I just assumed it was like because they were no longer attached to him that like. She couldn't. Re- <laughs> now I'm imagining the hands reanimating by themselves. <laughs> the hand the, from the. Right. Yeah. yeah, from what was that? The, was that the monsters of the Adams family. Yeah. The Adams family. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think that uh, I I agree with you. I think that if she could have, she would have. Um, and then, but the best you could do, I guess, it, it would be just to heal from him, you know, bleeding to death and saving the hands, and then having him to go to a magic place like Fillory where everything is possible and then do it there uh, because, uh, yeah the face he has when he holds the box and he's like <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're like yeah I, I feel you <laughs> <laughs> um where, what was I I just, was just looking at something oh well that's well also I think it's like I feel like all of the things that happened like them dying Penny losing his hands were a direct repercussion Julia making the choice that she did yeah. at the end of the season, and I can't even begin to imagine like her headspace in that moment of making that decision. But like, it, I don't know. It very much seems like you know. I don't think that she was thinking. She was like, hmm, if I do this right now, like that was like a middle, like you know, a moment yeah. right in the moment yeah. decision. I don't think she was like, if I do this, Penny might lose his hands and everyone's gonna die. Um, right. <laughs> So I think it's, you know, and she doesn't even necessarily know what happened. Yeah, exactly. But that, that's what is interesting when she does the word as bond with uh, the beast. She's like, okay, you cannot harm me. But she also say, uh, Quentin and his friend, you can't. So she knows she fucked them over. Mm-hmm. But also she doesn't know that they would hypothetically all be dead. Well, right. touche. You know, you know what I mean? Like, which is, which is funny because I think... The beast at this point doesn't know that they're alive, right? I don't think so. Um, you know, this 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 specific episode, um, the, the, both of the storylines were completely separate. Yeah. Nobody knew about each other. Right. Yeah. I just couldn't remember exactly what happened in the the finale, like if, who was where. But like everyone said, but Quentin and Julia. Yeah, but I mean, like, yeah. so the beast wouldn't have known that that they.
they were reanimated, which is funny to me because he's like, sure, I won't hurt them. And he's like, right. they've already killed them. <laughs> <laughs> Despite which makes the line where he's like, I know all the loopholes, like, even funnier to me. <laughs> like, sure, I won't hurt them. Because uh, they're already dead, yeah. Exactly. Oh, my gosh. Um, but I, so I think it's, but I think it's interesting also that, like, I, Personally, I feel like that was really a repercussion, like all what happened was sort of a repercussion of Julia's choice, Mm -hmm. which I'm not saying her choice is wrong, but like, I I feel like those were consequences of her actions. And I think it's interesting that Alice makes a comment where she's like, this is all because I hesitated. Like, she feels like it was her fault. Like, it was a repercussion of her action of hesitating. Um, Yeah, and I don't know. I think it's interesting when we like... We want to make things our like something about making things our fault, even mm-hmm. when they might not be. Mm-hmm. And I feel also that like even like when Quentin tried to defend Julia, and the other was like, "Yeah, but she fucked us over," and he's like, "Yeah, I know. I'm just telling you why she fucked us over. Like you understand why, but that doesn't mean what she did and what happened is good. But yeah, at, yeah. Least, at least there's context, you know." I also liked uh, in this particular episode that goes along with the repercussions or consequence uh, theme is that there's one scene with uh, Alice and, and Quentin and Alice is saying like if we make it out of this um, I would still like to be friends mm-hmm. and uh, and then um, I think she says that's the only thing that's the reason why I'm mad and I'm not mad at you but that's, mm-hmm. that's the only reason why I'm not okay, not because of what you did, meaning the cheating or whatever, but it's because of the possibility of then not being friends after that. So that's another kind of aspect, a layer into repercussions or consequences. Maybe the consequences are a result of something that you don't think it it, it is, it's not true to you. Mm-hmm. So you have to um, kind of go deeper into what ha- what happened in order to to figure out what the what the consequences are repercussion. Yeah. Yeah, it's really and I think that's wise of Alice that she's like it's not what you did, but it's like what happened that makes me Yeah. And and I never understood it that way, but you're right. <laughs> I also don't know if that's totally true. <laughs> what she said like I just I still can't get over the fact that she literally sat at the end of that bed and waited for him to wake up just to like <laughs> glare at him and be like I know what you did like how long did she wait there like that's some petty ass shit but I think that's, that's totally something that I would do too just to have that moment yeah <laughs> but I am but but I'm but I'm all into you know moments of dramatic moments and stuff just to make my really? point. It's like yeah. your job. I can't imagine. <laughs> yeah, but even if I'm not getting paid, I still like to have like dramatic moments. Yeah, to have that moment where you know, um, okay, without disturbing or anything, just to, for them to wake up on their own and say, okay, yeah, no, I'm here. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. I'm here, and I want you to know it. Yeah. <laughs> I feel you on the dramatic moments. We literally had a theme party last night. We had a Harry Potter party, and I was like, "Yeah," because I were like big Harry Potter nerds, and I literally just like everything was just like this big flare. Like um, I woke up with a butter awesome. beer hangover. Sorry. <laughs> I woke up with a butter beer hangover. <laughs> I made some. De- I made some dangerous butter beer. Okay. <laughs> I've never had butter beer. I really. Oh, it's so good. So good. <laughs> anyway, um, 
also think it's interesting because, like, like, Julia going after Reynard and sort of, like, everything that happened because Julia's choice, like, this is all fucking Reynard's fault. If Reynard hadn't, you know, been a fucking dick and just, you know, I mean, right? Like, Julia wouldn't have made that choice, which wouldn't have, we don't know, I mean, I don't know what would have happened, but then also, like, essentially, in the end, Reynard what ends up, you know, later on happening to Reynard is really his own damn fault because Julia wouldn't have gone after him. Yeah. If he well, he could have just, like... If we go further it. than that, the whole thing is, it happened because Q didn't help Julia become, go to break bills in the first episode. Because after that, Julia goes to this route where she meets the people and blah, 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 because it's the only uh, timeline where she do that. Now. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's our new 
segment for the, <laughs> the podcast, Existential Crisis Time. Um, oh, I, I was... Uh, oh, speaking of uh, impact in the world, um, Rupert finishing the World War II. What the hell? Oh, yeah. We just talk about it, and then we don't talk about it anymore. But, like, that's freaking huge. Because that's of th that guy deciding, okay, I'm, I'm a magician, but I'm going to help World War II. And he, he used a Renamin Ultra, I think. That's what they hinted at. Like, this is huge. And they were like, okay, yeah. And then they stopped, and we never talk about it. But, like, they changed the history of, our, of Earth. Yeah. Like the children of Earth just getting, oh, yeah, we're getting crowned, royalty bitches. They changing the political landscape of the world doing that. Yeah. And they're just like, yeah, I, no big deal. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. I forgot that that, that happened. <laughs> When I watched it, I was like, oh, yeah. Me too. Yeah, because they don't bring it up again. Yeah. It's yeah, same, same. I watched it and was like, that's cool. And then just like didn't write it. <laughs> But then when you think about it, like, oh, my God, this has such, like, a, a big repercussion because we know, like, after that, like, it's in the war that he meets Lance and Lance is become his boyfriend. And then because of that, Lance dies in the third. Uh, anyway. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, oh, my God. It's my OTP. I love them so much. They're in, like, one episode for five seconds. And I'm like, they're so cute and beautiful. But also, like, we can see how, like, they are, like, uh, they are changing by the crowning, how they change everything, because uh, they arrive in White Spire, and, like, the Pickwick are, are there, which is funny, because I think Thick is the only one with the last name. Thick Pickwick? Yeah. Uh, no, I think, I think, yes, I mean, there's a whole family, um, but he's the only one, I think, that we've met, actually. No. No, because uh, uh, Benedict. Benedict is yeah. one, too. Pickwick, yeah. But like they're the only Florians I know their last name. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's what uh, that's what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's so interesting. So now I, I think that the Pickwick that. come from Earth, and we don't know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Florians just don't have last names. <laughs> no, they don't. Yeah. Like the, the 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 authors say it, said it. Like Florians don't have last names. That must I, get so confusing in like Fillory School. They're like Fen. Other fan, <laughs> and if you don't have last names, you know at least with last names you can do like the bachelor thing, like fan B, fan yeah. C. Yeah, you know? uh, they're just like 27 fans in a class. Yeah. <laughs> Or maybe that's why everybody has such interesting first names. Is that your first name needs yeah. to be really unique? <laughs> and you have to come up with new ones every time. Yeah. Oh, there's already a rave. Oh. Too okay, bad. you're gonna be. Uh, to wait until this person, yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe, maybe that one has to be Rafe then. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> There you go. It's spelled the same, but it's pronounced differently. Exactly. There's an accent agoo on there. <laughs> but uh, and also like we see how uh, thick is like oh majesty da, 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 and like when you know how pissy is not to have this position anymore <laughs> and what he's gonna do in season three, you're like oh my god that guy is such like he's so mad right now. Yeah. It all comes together eventually, yeah, with uh, all the anger, underlying anger that he must have. Because he was basically, or the, the whole uh, Pickway family was ruling and taking care of the, uh, the castle. Mm -hmm. wow. Yeah. What I, what I would, I was like, when I watched it again, I thought, oh, this would be interesting. There was, I hope we get to see it because I totally forgot that we don't. But when they said, oh, we can't go into the throne room because um, 
there's something going on, or we're, we're mm-hmm. oh, we can't open the doors or something. Yeah, we're looking for the I, key. <laughs> yeah, I kind of wanted to um, uh, to see. Mm, I think maybe Tick is doing something, or remodeling the throne room, or maybe he like changed it well, and now he has to change it back. I yeah, love but, that idea. Well, knowing that, that when like they what? enter it, there's like corpses. I hope that he put them back there. <laughs> <laughs> like they were gone, and he's like, get those corpses back out. Well, yeah. and Tick must know that the throne room is like cursed though because it's not oh, the first 100%. children of her that he saw them self-destroy when you think no, about it he wants them to destroy themselves <laughs> I, I mean you're gonna have to have know later on yeah we're gonna have to ask him and uh, ask it honestly yeah. the pickwick became so like knowing that he's gonna be- betray them and how he yeah. act after in season four when he's like oh we have a tiny little they're like, oh, shut the fuck up. <laughs> you know, like, it's such a uh, two-face, I think you see in English? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That I was a correct that. insult, yeah. 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 <laughs> so, um... Well, I, I'd like to talk about uh, Martin repercussion of never growing up in on Earth. I was just gonna say that you should get married. Uh, okay. <laughs> but he said, like, uh, like he look at at computer. He's like, oh, they're inventive when they don't have magic. And and then uh, Julia talk about Twitter and say, tweet birds have have computer. And like we we should should find it funny, like haha, tweet tweet. But like in Fillory, could happen. Talking bird must exist, and they might be intelligent enough to have computers. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah, I, and I also think it's interesting. I wrote down a similar but different thing, not about not growing up on Earth, but that his, like, stunted emotional growth is a direct repercussion of Plover. Oh, yeah. Like, that he just, like, I feel like he emotionally stopped at that age. And, like, we also yeah. don't know when he removed his shade. It's, like, unclear. Yeah. But I feel like maybe that was when he stopped growing. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I don't know. But, yeah. like, that could, that could be... But yeah, but it's very clear, like you know, like how he he takes them to essentially like Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> oh, like, yeah, and he does does that. Uh, oh, I want to do. I want to go see the children at the playground, which is like yeah, yeah. but also like, is it like kind of a icky way because of what Plover did, or is just like want to watch children play because never got to do that. I think it's that, but it just the, every so many things in that episode just come off as so creepy. Yeah, there's this, there's an air of creepiness to it, but I think it is that because if you think about it, there's there's lots of people that suffer from um, abuse uh, in their younger years. That yeah, it's a defense mechanism, mm-hmm. which is basically you know to remove your shade, to remove the pain, and not have to deal with it. Yeah, it's kind of like the same as a defense mechanism, and then you stunt your your emotional growth, mm-hmm. and then you be, you you I guess you stay the same um, age. Um, so that's why he wants to see children. I choose to believe that that's why he wanted to go there instead yeah. of, like, the other way. Yeah, I think so, too, because I don't... I feel like that's really one of the only episodes, like, I would have to watch again, but where we see, like, that actively, him being like, I want to go be around children. Like, it's not a recurring... So I think it's because it's sort of, like, his first time back on Earth, too, in a while, where he's mm-hmm. just, like... Well, as I, mm-hmm. you know, I think it's sort of more like reminiscing of the childhood that he could have had rather than like, yeah. and also, 
also, but also like if you're growing up with that kind of person in your life, like you're also like, that was his role model. You know what I mean? Like he also doesn't know how to interact with people as an adult. Right. And like he never learned that. And that's why he said yeah. a little shit during the whole season two until he died. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's like tapping his toes and eating Captain Crunch. Like go to your end timeout. There's something that is fascinating for me is that Martin doesn't tut except when he tried uh, to he, he tried to remove the Julius shade, but when he enters the, the place and he just frees the person, he doesn't tut. It's like a god power. And like it's the first time I noticed that that like he just frees them, and the last uh, the next time that we see that it it's when Julia uh, frees Reynard in the third season, and she has that power. And I just like we understand that okay, he's powerful. Like he's just not yeah. just a magician. Like he went far. Yeah. I think drinking from their well springs so much that like you create a drought. Yeah. <laughs> And the fact that he grew a six finger, I want to know how he did that. <laughs> Do you, though? <laughs> I, so, going off of, like, Martin and Julia, I, the other thing that I had um, had noticed was, I think, it, like, in this episode even, they sort of start to develop this, like, weird kinship between, like, when he was talking about, like, his experience with abuse. And I think, like, that itself is an unintended consequence. Like, I don't think Julia thought that she was going to, like, share anything with the beast and having this, like, oh, you're also a survivor of sexual assault moment um, was, I don't know, stood out to me as, like, oh, I don't think that, you know, she thought that they were going to, she was maybe going to, like, feel bad for him in any way or, yeah. you know, those kind of... Or bond yeah. in any way. Yeah. Do you think that's yeah. why she refused to get her shade away when he removes it? And she's like, I need it. Because she feels like she will enter in his logic. Felt like it more like it was driving her like that was what was driving her right now is this like hatred and anger of Reynard and I think that's the only purpose she has right now and without that like she doesn't have that anymore and that's how I interpreted that mm -hmm. scene like she she needs that yeah. like, I, feel, I feel I felt the same way I felt that it, it was basically when he removed it for that split second that it was she was empty and she needed that to mm. to keep going Regardless of, of what the emotion was, if it was positive or negative, obviously negative, but it, it yeah, it, she needed that to, to drive her. Yeah, it was like fueling her. Yeah. yeah. Which is so sad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, and oh knowing like everything about possession that we learned in season four, I asked myself, is Richard alive when the beast is possess possessing him? When uh, uh, it's Richard and I, when uh, Renard is in, is like taking uh, his body over. No, I think he kills him. Because then he, takes his body over. He does doesn't he kill, kill him. him. No, he just take over. Oh, uh, oh, so you think it's like an Elliot situation? Uh huh. Oh, that would suck. Because like that will mean that like Richard could see everything that happened right now with his body. Right. I hate that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's this whole, you know, big possibility after season four mm -hmm. that you don't think about. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I never thought about that. Now, I, I'm not the hugest fan of Richard, but that would suck. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, how right now, like, having Richard's face is hard for Julia, and that's another repercussion of, like, sleeping with him. 
It's not like now she yeah. has to like kill the guy that she slept with, but it's not him. Yeah. That whole relationship is kind of weird and Stockholm syndrome to me though. <laughs> like like he's your he's your white knight savior. I don't know. It's gross. <laughs> and I don't know. Anyway, that we talked about that in that episode. Um what, what, what else? There was something I had here. Oh, I, I wanted to talk about the... So, you know how with Juliet and the Beast, they go to that crime scene in Florida. Yeah. Um, and, and sort of, I mean, both what, what's happening all over with people, like, uh, doing these kinds of rituals. Um, I think it's interesting that, like, them being horribly murdered and, you know, whatever else Renard is doing to people, like, is a direct repercussion of, like, having faith... And I'm like, that's terrible. I hate that. Um, and and so almost how like your intentions don't matter sometimes when there are consequences. Right. Like you could have even with Julia's action, like even if it may have come off as like selfish or whatever, like her intention was good. She was like, yeah. I want you know what I mean. Like I want someone to get what essentially they deserve, or I want you know want him to not be able to do this to other people. But like yeah. people ended up dying, and so. You know, it's, I don't know, I thought that that, that was interesting well, to I me. I think that, that put the doubt in the viewer of, like, are the god goods? Because at the end of season two, we realized that the villains are Amber and Umber. And that they're, they want to destroy Fillory, you know? Uh, so having the idea from the beginning that gods might not be as good as we think. And, like, they have their own purpose and everything. Like, it starts with that and then it go further. But I think it just showed, like, okay, this this show will tackle, like how fate and how God's ever decision, like, impact the world they're in. Yeah. Because Our Lady yeah. on Underground not answering made Reynard answer for her. Yeah. Well, I think that's also the part that's interesting about, like, God's in this world not being omnipotent. Like, they're just, like, off doing their thing, you know? Yeah. Um, and we... See- yeah, they're... They're, they're uh, their own entities and they have their own thoughts and, and purposes, um, which is the difference between, you know, Earth or the real world. That it's like, you know, you believe in a God and you believe that God is good and that's regardless of who your God is. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's that's a, that's a very interesting difference. I, I also wonder, like, how, um, how prayers would work or, like, those rituals and things in that world. Like, I always... <laughs> You know, this is probably isn't like if you talk to like you know somebody in the clergy. I don't know that this is how they think prayer works, but I have this idea. Like as someone who identifies as a Christian, there's like an angel answering service for prayers. <laughs> <laughs> They're like all sitting at their little like with their little heads. Call center for God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Go for God. Um, <laughs> But we also, oh, that, that would be so funny. That would be so, right? like a go for God call center. Yeah. I love that. Um, yeah. But I but I always wondered like in in this idea of gods that are not omnipotent, like how how would that work if you're calling them? Can they just be like, mm, I'm screening my calls. Like I don't yeah. feel like listening to this right now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what would that hold music be like? Anyway. Oh my God. I feel Amber will be the girl of an Ipanema. Oh my, it's always the girl from Ipanema. <laughs> I wonder if, like, when that song, like, when Bossa Nova was created, if they knew that it would be international, at, like, elevator music. <laughs> but uh, but we can also see the repercussion of the gods in Fillory right now. We don't know it yet, but it happened twice. Um, the river guy being a dick to Penny and Margot, 
and wanting money and everything, that's because Amber uh, screwed him over before because he wanted him to be angry. We learned that like at the end of the season, as well as um, the Rainbow Bridge being all flowery and beautiful, was Amber deciding to make them flower. So like they don't know, but they act in a world right now that are like, the God decided that this will happen and they'll just interact with it without knowing that it is. Right. Yeah. <laughs> can we can we have a little moment though to talk about how beautiful that bridge was? Oh my god. My god. When it's I learned that it was not CGI'd and it was like yeah. like they, they put the flower on the bridge. I okay. think it was, right? Yeah. Wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. As some, as someone who, you know, like got married once, I'm just thinking about how much fucking money worth of flowers that would be. <laughs> Holy shit. They must <laughs> be plastic. <laughs> Yeah, the flower budget, and then to put put it all there, and um, I don't know, taking it all away too, because I think it it would be so so nice to just leave it there for whoever wants to see it. Yeah. But then I, you know, if it's production, I think you need to remove it. I would assume so. But just like the aerial shot of it, and like uh, going over yeah. them, and then going back, it's just like it mo- it showed the vastness of Fillory. Yeah. And the yeah. beauty of it. They had left it there, like you're just like walking around and you come across that fucking bridge. I would be like, I'm in some kind of mythical space right now. Like, exactly. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, but the other thing is, that I, I bet you like 10,000 influencers will be there right now taking. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. Oh my god. Hashtag um, filler, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, now I need to know what a Rafe Instagram would be. <laughs> oh. I think it would just be like a picture of slots, like, a, like a, an account of, of slots, mm-hmm. as babies, as full-grown slots and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I love that so Him much. hanging with Abigail. <laughs> yes. <laughs> my gosh, I'm imagining the selfie with, oh my god. No, I'm imagining Abigail taking the selfie, so it takes really long time. <laughs> yeah, it would just be a, big, a lot of like, you know. <laughs> So, uh, this is a total tangent, but the, I am a nanny and the twins that I nanny, they have this book called bears are big and it's like all opposites and one of them is sloths are slow, cheetahs are quick. And I'm always like, sloths are slow. (laughs) And I make the page take like five minutes and they think it's so funny. Um, But I think of Abigail every time I do it. I'm like, anyway. How is it to have a a coworker that is a slut? It's very, it's, it's the cutest thing. It's, it's very, um, yeah, no, she's the best. I mean, she's, um, sometimes not moody, but she, sometimes it's just like, okay, I'm done working or whatever. And she just curls up in a ball and just felt I get asleep. like that too. I feel that. <laughs> yeah. How, how does one become a sloth actor? How- <laughs> uh, I think, I think years of training. It's like the bunny actors. You go to a slot conservatory. Slot conservatory. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I've had a, the. For some reason, I've worked with a lot of animals in in my career. Like I work with like a big, big, huge, huge dog that was meant to be a wolf um, once, and then just a bunch of different animals. But uh, uh, Abigail or Sassy, the 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 the, the best. I think. Um, yeah, she has two handlers, and they're the only ones who can feed her and uh, touch her and stuff. 
except for me I, I feed her too um, but, uh, but yeah when she's done she's done she just curls up in a ball and it doesn't really matter sometimes we need her to come closer to me to, p- to pretend like she's talking to me and then the handler kind of like touches or taps her shoulder and when she's done she just like looks at her and then goes back to sleep <laughs> yeah. it's like no yeah. That's so cute. I love that so much. But I always think that when I see like animal animals and things, I'm like, how how do you even become like a you know like a sloth actor or like a bunny actor? If I want to get my bunny into acting, I don't know. Um, <laughs> but I but I like to imagine that there's just like a little animal conservatory and all the animals. But, and there. when you think about it, <laughs> yeah. I think in one of the episodes, Ra- Rafe say like, oh, I should have learned mouse instead of uh, yeah. sloth. And I, I, I really wonder where do you, does one Philorian learns that? Well, I think yeah. it's like, um, I, I always imagined it's like in school when they're like, you can take Spanish or you can take Italian. They're like, you can take mouse or you can take sloth. <laughs> <laughs> well, the kind of like the backstory that I have for him was that, yeah, that, that's exactly what he wanted to do. And that's the only thing his um, um, plan A it was to be uh, Abigail's translator oh because God. he was infatuated with her and stuff. So that's why he took sloth in school. And oh that's it. He didn't, he didn't do anything else. That's so sweet. I ship <laughs> them even more. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, oh. But uh, uh, talking about River Guy, who is kind of a dick, um, I, w- I was wondering, like, Penny's super defensive. Like, the moment he tries to, like, bother them, like, oh, do you want potions or stuff? And Penny's like, no, I don't want to. Like, you're a sweet talker. What happened to Penny? Do we know where Penny grew up? Florida. Oh. Well, he also said something about, like, he said something about Dubai. He said something about Chicago. Did I make that up? Yes. He said something about some other New York, like, New York. He said something about another urban city in the United States. He was like, it's the same here, it's the same in Dubai, like, oh, okay. I don't remember where it was, but I, so I internal, as someone who has been living in New, had lived in New York for about five years, I am really good at being like, no, I don't want your fucking Hare Krishna beads, no, I don't want to learn the word of Jesus, like, go, leave me alone, like, as someone who, <laughs> you know, has, like, lived in a place where that was a thing, where there's all these panhandlers and all these, like, 100%. I'm just yeah. like, no, fucking go away. Um, yes. So I yeah. Uh, you adapt to the place that you, where you live in, and and then once you've done like, like I'm assuming like you you lived there for five years. Once you've been there for five years, you can go there in a second because you have yeah. that in you. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if in Montreal you have someone coming at you like that, you you can go like that. Yeah. In a second. So that's how I like imagine that like he lived in a place where there were a lot of and he's already kind of like like that. Yeah. Just a little bit like I'm not taking your bullshit like no niceties mm-hmm. um, but I, I think that you know his attitude and like Margot is not the nicest per- like she's got a fucking attitude and even she is like aware enough to be like we gotta be nice to this guy he's giving us something you know um, because she's not necessarily like she may be bitchy but she's also like smart about like Penny's just like this is who I am and you're gonna fucking deal well, with she's it she's a little bit ma- she's manipulative yeah um, yeah which isn't always necessarily a bad thing right in that in that moment like it was good to be a little bit like I'm aware that like I'm gonna be nice to you so you don't do shit to me um yeah. but I thought it was I don't know interesting that like his attitude that defensive attitude led to him getting cursed essentially yeah 
And, and, and then, then when he comes back, you know, the guy's like, actions have consequences. And I love the idea that, like, there are repercussions or consequences that we can't fix. Like, sometimes we do something and, like, that's mm-hmm. it. Even if we go back and say sorry, you can't undo what you did. Exactly. Yeah. It throws back to Q and his blood. Yeah. Yes. It's all about that blood, I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> measles. 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 Um, can we talk about also the Knight of Crown that died waiting for them? <laughs> I, yeah, I have a note about that as well, and uh, it makes me not want to wait for anything ever again. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I learned from this episode, is that waiting kills you. <laughs> But also knowledge of the 90s make you a king. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Patrick made the impression. What happened to Elliot <laughs> for him to know so many much? I thought it was I thought it was the 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 coolest thing or the the most interesting thing that he's like okay I'm gonna quiz you now and then it's like all 90s yeah like you you, so you like only a king a true to their art will know the answer and he asked yeah. like a jeopardy question and Elliot is like what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> but like it, like he said like it was to fans pretender but like you go there and you're a Philorian you have no idea yeah That's oh. like what they're talking about. Yeah. Something um, I actually wanted to Kat, bring up to you because we had we had this discussion recently about um, Florians like not being able to necessarily doing magic like magicians, but the river guy does magic. So why can he do magic? River guy the does river, ma- the river guy. Yeah, he curses Penny's hands. So why can he, he do does. magic? Philorians can't do magic. Uh, there's only two ma- Philorian that we saw do magic. Him and uh, the the wizard yeah, that yeah, the wizard that sent them to uh, Cock and Baron, but it's not. Yeah. But th- that guy used a-, a wand, so maybe that guy has like something enchanted on him. You mean Ilario in season two? Yeah. I, I he was with the. Uh, uh, Prince S, right? Yes. Yeah. So he's not he's not in Fillory. He's like he's, he's not a, like he's a Lorian. He's not a Fillorian. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. So maybe the you're right. But Fillory is also the world itself. It's yeah. like New York, New York. So when yeah. I'm saying Fillorians, I'm meaning anyone in the Capital world. Capital F. Fillory, I guess. But like. Yeah, but you're right. Yeah. He used a wand, so I don't know. But don't this know. guy, but this guy tutted. Yeah, and did magic. Maybe so. is the same Very family that bad. Tick is, uh, her family that Tick is, that like he has power, but you don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Still think yeah. that Tick is from Earth now. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I don't, or maybe, I mean, maybe he's like a descendant of children of Earth. Well, you, you, you don't know because like we know that Rupert exists in Fillory. Rupert, uh, mm-hmm. Rupert uh, yeah. uh, Coldwater. And he, and uh, technically is a, a human with power, but technically is a is a child from a child of her, so it might have been inherited, you know? Yeah, well, that, yeah, that's what I was saying, maybe. But anyway, I don't know. That Repercussions. Was uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I can't wait till we get to that episode. I love that episode. Yeah, so it's much. it's like in in, in a, a season and three episodes. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. I'm ready. Um, <laughs> Uh, do, 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 do. I think that was mostly everything that I had. Uh, I have one, uh, two things. First, um, when he does the Patrick Swayze impression, um, Elliot go take 
Alice and not Margot. <laughs> I'm trying to find why I can, and I can't. Because it's funnier. <laughs> Alice is so like I love when she like takes a minute and then like kind of gets into the scene. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you think it's be, because maybe Marco would have been like, no fucking way, you're not doing this with me? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> no, or is it because Marco would might have showed him up in the scene? Oh yeah. This is how you do it, yeah. And he was like, I need to be the star. <laughs> maybe. Uh, and the last thing is um, at the end, the arc scene between Elliot and, and Quentin. We see Elliot like accepting the consequence of the action and like staying in Fillory, but like being scared of it. And as a joke, you say like, "Oh, I want to grow a champagne and be known as the Champagne Queen," but like Queen King. <laughs> but I like that he knows that like if he know that if he does something enough as a king, he's gonna be known as something king. Like, you know that his action will have a repercussion on Fillory, on, like, the history of Fillory and the, 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 how he's seen. Yeah. So. Yeah. So now we're going to do a, our new section of the show. Okay. Yeah. And um, so basically, uh, we're going to do something called Lectio Divina, which uh, is actually traditionally like a, a Christian practice. Um, so it would be done with the Bible. We're not going to be doing it with the Bible today. Um, but basically, it's just a way to delve deeper into usually a text. But in this case, we're going to be using like the script from the episode. Um, <clears throat> so it has four steps. Uh, the first step is we're going to look at the sentence and we're going to say what's literally happening right now in this scene. Um, the second step is we're going to look at it and say, okay, did, what's, does this remind me of a story? Um, does it, like, what does it remind me of? It could be a story. It could, this is where it gets a little, like, it could be like, that reminds me of a tree I saw once. Like, doesn't matter. Um, uh, three, the third step is what does it remind you of in your life? And then the fourth step is, uh, like, what do you feel called? What does the text call you to do? Um, and we'll, like, as we go through them, We'll say those again, but that's basically uh, basically the gist of it. So, Kat, do you want to tell us our beautiful sentence? Yeah, I said it to you so we think about it a bit. It's, um, so destiny is bullshit. Yeah, and uh, so I guess with step one, Kat, do you want to tell us what's happening? Uh, basically, uh, Quentin is about to crown Elliot, and uh, Elliot is on his knee, and it's the first thing he said uh, to Quentin as, uh, uh, Quentin says to Elliot as, like, like, destiny is bullshit, but like you're a king, and it it makes sense, and like maybe it's not that bullshit. Like you were destined to do that. Mm. This is destiny. It's bullshit. So um, I guess what yeah. is a story or an image or what does that make you think of? So, yeah, like what doesn't it, it makes me think of uh, Harry Potter because I'm in a big uh, Harry Potter read right now. But how <laughs> Voldemort created the prophecy against him because he decided that Harry was his foe and like targeted his family, which created Harry, like Harry's parent, to die. And because of that, Harry want to kill Voldemort. But if like Voldemort would not have killed the Potter, Harry wouldn't have cared about Voldemort. That's so interesting. I never thought about that. <laughs> it, it made me think about, like, the trope of, like, 
like in Harry Potter or in The Magicians, the trope of like the normal kid finding out that they're special and then like being whisked off to some magical world. Like it made me think about that like destiny kind of like, I don't know, I feel like I grew up in the 90s when Harry Potter was like, the, you know, the biggest thing and, and how every kid wanted to like find out that they were special and that actually a magical world was real. Like, and like, we're not, but I mean, we are special, but like, that's not how it works, you know? <laughs> we were all waiting to get our Hogwarts letter. <laughs> I'm still waiting for break bills. Uh... <laughs> we got our break bills letters. <laughs> Um, it makes me think um, about kind of like a like a big glass of reality. Whenever you, yeah, it kind of goes along with what you said that when you're younger, you think that yeah, there's a destiny and there's there's something written for you already. And I do believe in that. However, I do think that it's slightly bullshit because you can do. You can create your own destiny, and mm -hmm. you can make your own decisions, and enhance whatever it is that it is, that is there for you already, or completely change it and make the best out of your situation. So, um, in that way, I think that this line is perfect for this episode, and and the theme of it, and also the the um, uh, a very powerful line in, mm -hmm. in the episode. Yeah. So our third step is, what does it remind you of in your own life? Um, so destiny, it's bullshit. It, it, it's funny because for me, it makes me think that like I'm a bit like you, that I believe that like we're here for a reason. But I also, I refuse that my, my life is already pre-written and I don't have a choice into it. And how like, okay, yes, maybe I'm here for a purpose, but I have to seek it. <laughs> that like, if yeah. I stay home and I do nothing, my destiny won't happen. I have to go outside and do stuff. You know, I have to like put myself out there. And I think, yeah, for me, it reminds me that like, you might have a destiny, but you have to embrace it. Otherwise, nothing will happen. Yeah. Uh, I think we, we talk about this a lot because, because I am uh, a religious person, actually, I have a tattoo uh, that says the heart of a man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. So, which is a reminder to me that like, I can't control every single thing because I feel like there is some sort of like greater, um, not that like more, more like I personally believe like God uh, knows what I'm going to do before I do it. Not that he's like, well, it's not like a game of the Sims where God is like, next, Seth is going to go to the bathroom and then he's going right, to right. cook it's Because pasta. there's a plate on the floor now. <laughs> <laughs> but, but so, it, I don't know, it makes me think of that idea of like, I do feel like there's a bigger picture, mm -hmm. but is that destiny, you know, is that like no matter what I do, I don't have control over it? Like, no. So I don't know this idea of destiny is kind of interesting to me because I do think that I don't know I think like if we looked at our lives like a book everything would be like oh that was leading up to this and that was foreshadowing for this like it all kind of like makes sense well, like, that's makes what sense. Penny has I just says, don't basically. know what's happening in the end of the book yet like well, that's what happened with, yeah Penny happens to say that in the fourth season of how like Oh, maybe uh, you think that the fan and and Katie are just side character, but like what they do have an impact on the big picture of what happened to Filler and Magic, and how like you don't you might not see like your own story right now, but you matter and you're not a sidekick. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I grew up Catholic as well, so I I think that 
there's a big kind of like security or comfort um comfortable blanket knowing that god is there there's a big entity there kind of like um seeing or overseeing the big picture but still you have free will to make your own decisions and create your own destiny mm-hmm. and um um yeah i i agree with i agree with what you guys are saying yeah and then okay. what last step is what do we feel called for hmm i i don't know personally um i i feel called to like think about like act more actively think about my choices um and and try and continue to sort of examine like 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 that one ice cream incident like hey like what are my choices leading to in my life like when i can uh because i think sometimes we just like do whatever you know i don't necessarily think i need to be like what am i going to eat for breakfast this is going to change my whole day oatmeal or toast um <laughs> but you know like when we are making whatever kind of choices throughout our day even if they seem small like how is that changing yeah just to be more actively aware of that i don't know <laughs> Hmm. I like your scrunchy thinking face, Kat. <laughs> It's just I, I, I'm thinking about work because basically my work, uh, what I do right now, I work at the airport, and I work with a team that when we know passenger will miss their flight, and there's like a lot of misconnection in one flight, we put everyone in a new flight or give them like hotels and meals and stuff, and we wait for them at the at the door of the air, airplane and give them their protections. And how like pe- that changed people's life because like they must have been stressed in the plane and like worried of what's gonna happen, and I ended up like, hey, it's okay, and I I got you, and their day must have changed because of that. And how like for me, it's I always saw that as like being positive and like helping people, but like how this has an impact on the others' life too. Yeah, that's that's what I feel called for. Like remember remember that like good action that I might do for myself and like yeah. I might do for work <laughs> right. end up being good um first of all that's I, that, I, I think that that's a very stressful job because every, you must get a lot of shit from people oh yeah I used to be at a call yeah. center so it was worse because <laughs> uh, people are so much meaner when they're not face to face with you oh my god I can't hear you all of a sudden. Cat, can you talk? Yeah. Okay, I can hear you, but I can't. No, I think it's his AirPod. Oh. Oh. No. That's so random. <laughs> yes, but you're like super quiet. Okay, let me see. That's so weird. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> um, that was weird. So yeah. That um, you, um, it must be really stressful because you get all the shit from the people that have plans already, and they, mm-hmm. you know, they have to, and you have to accommodate to them and stuff like that. Um, so I feel for you. Uh, the what do we feel called for? Um, uh, with this, I think. To me personally, I think I've I've. Uh, It comes across 
fairly regularly where you think or when I think like, oh, um, as an actor, I'm not doing enough or I'm not getting um, uh, something out of it or I want something more or whatever. So uh, instead of just waiting around for um, uh, something else to happen, you you have to be proactive. And as an actor, again, it's there's so many little things that you can control that what you can actually control is the kind of work that you do and the auditions that you and how you present yourself mm-hmm. in an audition and prepare yourself and stuff like that. That I think that um, the, the littlest things, the littlest decisions that I can, that I can uh, control, whether it's, like you said, um, eat well that day that I'm going to have a big audition or something. And so I'm prepared for it. Those little things uh, may impact my destiny or change yeah. the whole course of so not maybe, only my destiny. Maybe it is oatmeal or toast. Maybe. <laughs> exactly. But uh, yeah. it reminds me the story of uh, Peter Dinklage, the guy that do Tyrant in, um, in Game of Thrones, basically was about to give up acting and because nobody yeah. was hiring him. And he said, like, okay, the next job I get, even if, like, it's, again, I have to play a dwarf, I'm going to do it. And I ended up cast in, like, this B-movie that ended up him meeting a girl that was auditioning from Game of Thrones and recommended him. And because of that, he got into Game of Thrones. That's crazy. So, like, yeah, yeah, that makes me think of what you're saying. Like, you don't know, like, what your next job is going to give to you, basically. Yeah, that's... Like, I always think about that as a nanny, too. Like, I have um, a very professional nanny. I have business cards. And I'll literally, like, be at a restaurant, and I'll see a baby. I'll be, like, playing peekaboo with a baby. And then I'll go over to the parent and be like, here's my card if you ever, you know. Need. <laughs> and, like, most of the time, no one contacts me. But, like, I've gotten jobs where, like, I met someone, and I gave them my card, and then they recommended me to someone else. And then, like, I ended up getting this great job or something right. like that. Like, these little things that we do, like, when we are being proactive, like you were saying. Yeah. Um, like these little things that changes that we can make and then all of a sudden it's like that weird you know like again snowball effect of like yeah. that thing or even like a terrible job I had led me to getting a great job and if I hadn't gotten that job I would, whatever exactly. yeah, yeah. And it's just think because with actor we see them because like oh you were in that movie and you're like yeah I got that movie because of that like you, it's easier right. to retroactively because sometimes I see actors from the magician and other shows and I'm like eh. <laughs> I know you <laughs> This is an expression that my grandma always told me, uh, that basically when someone was going to the theater, uh, they were bringing uh, a vase and a flower. A flower. Like back in like the day of like Shakespeare. So if the if the if the show was good, they were giving the flower, and if the show was bad, they were throwing the vase. And <laughs> yeah, so lucky you're not an actor back in those days. Yeah. Not, like a performance, they would just chuck a vase. Well, can you know, imagine on set? Right. <laughs> the director bang. Oh wow. Sassy um, will ask for all like the flowers. Though. Which. My my side note to that is always I just imagine this poor Potter who is making all these vases like my vases. <laughs> um, if it was yeah, if it was in current time, you know there'd be like a big industry though. It's pilot season again. <laughs> the vases. It's pilot season big again. Vases. <laughs> yeah, big vases. All right. Um, but anyway, does anyone uh, have theirs? Want to go first? in particular 
Um, do we do them at the same time or yes. do we all do flower? Okay. Well, like you'll do your flower and your vase and then one of us will do our yes. flower and our vase. Yeah. Oh, okay. So my flower, it was for, um, for this particular episode is the entire, um, uh, nighting mm. ceremony because it was, well, first of all, I, I like the, the fact that Q um, uh, said, okay, no, 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 just stop it, stop everything, and let's just make a moment out of this, because, yes. you know, this is a once-in-a-lifetime, who, who the fuck gets knighted, you know, <laughs> or, like, who gets to be king, and so I like that, and uh, the whole um, undertone of forgiveness and fresh start, and um, we're in this together kind of mm-hmm. feel to it, I, I loved, um, and what they told or what they said to each other that might have been connected to another person in the group and um and how they all kind of like forgave each other for things that have uh, happened in the past a clean slate um i love that 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 moment i thought it was very beautiful and uh my vase was um i think it was it just didn't sit well with me when Martin tried to, like, take Julia's shade. Yeah. Um, it, I know that, you know, coming from this is his own experience and how he dealt with things. But um, uh, I don't know. It, it, it was it was like something like a little weird uh, to me there. So that yeah. was the only thing. Um, that kind of didn't sit well for me. Yeah, it's it's like when something worked for you and you're like, it'll work for you too. And you're yeah. like, no, my experience is not the same as your experience, even if we it's have a common. Yeah. 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 Oh my gosh. And I think about that a lot. Like my, my father passed away when I was younger and like I, you know, all the time, I mean, it's sad, but like all the time, like other people, I know their fathers are passing away and I'm always like, I know that our experience is not the same, but, like, if you ever want to talk about it, like, that's totally... But it's, like, that weird line of, like, just because we share something doesn't mean that, like, we're going to experience the same way or what helped me is going to help you. It's, like... Exactly. Yeah. But anyway, um, I think I'm ready. Uh, So... I'm going to start with my vase. I'm going to give my vase to somebody who's not even in this episode. I'm going to give my vase to Reynard because this motherfucker <laughs> just, like, going around, killing people, doing shit. And it's like all of this, is, in my opinion, is kind of his fault. Um, so, fuck Reynard. Um, <laughs> and I'm going to give my flower, actually, to someone who I don't give flowers to very often. And that's going to be Quentin, who was, like, willing to just, like, be like, sure, take my blood, strange witch, for his friends. Because <laughs> um, I think that's, I mean, like, ill-advised, but very sweet, that he was, like, willing to, like, give up something that could potentially... I feel like probably he was just in, like, a panic anxiety mode I wasn't thinking. But, like, I, I love that he was just like, like, sure, whatever, I'll do whatever it takes to, like, help my friends. Yeah. Um, you. you. I will give my flower to Quentin, but for another moment when he... Uh, he tells Alice that she see her freezing the wrong way and make her like push herself and she grow the 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 the, the three and like we see how powerful she is and he makes her see how powerful she is. I think uh, Alice needed that. So, but I'm gonna give the vase to Alice who kiss him after that, but say we're not together, girl, girl. 
Who's no? She's the she's not the queen of she's not the wise. She's the queen of mixed signals. <laughs> yeah, mixed yeah. messages. <laughs> oh my god! I hate when people do that shit, especially in romantic things where they're like, "We're not together," but also. <laughs> but I think it's very real and it's very true. I that know. It's in real life, yeah. I hate when it happens in real life too, Sergio. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> But I think, but I think it's, it's as a as an audience member, you kind of think like, oh like, no, like don't you see that what they're doing? Kind of like you know, you you're yeah. allowed to step outside of the moment and be like, oh, I know exactly what's happening here. But, yeah, okay. it's like that groan of like, oh, I've been there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, um, we're not. I'm just not looking for a relationship right now, but I'm gonna like give you all of these cues. Like, oh, yeah. get out. And of like here. knowing what's gonna happen to Alice in like two episodes, it's even sadder now. <laughs> Right. <laughs> I wish I remembered. It's gonna be. A She's looking out. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. You know the whole yeah, plot of Alice remember. in season two. I, al- <laughs> I always forget that that doesn't happen in the first season. It feels like it happens in the first season in my head. I don't know. But this, this is my favorite part about doing this project is like that I, I haven't watched them as much as you have and I kind of forget what happens. I'm like this is exciting. I don't know what happens. <laughs> yeah, it's like a brand new show to you. Yeah. I watched. I'm like the kind of person who watches a show once and then forgets everything that happened. Meanwhile, I'll know the whole script. Yeah. You know, I like. I like will binge it in a week and then I'm like, great, on to another one. <laughs> and now you regret that he showed me uh, the magician because I'm obsessed for that the past two years. <laughs> <laughs> and it was. It's like, have you ever had that experience where you have a friend and you introduce them and then like those friends become better friends than you were? That's what happened with me and the magician. Yes. I was like showed her the magicians and then yes. like they became best friends and I was just like, hi. Oh, hey guys, <laughs> here. Remember me? Funny, yeah. funny enough, the first thing I saw from the magician was the one day more moment. Because we're being lame as fans, we're like, you just actually the reason. So, like, I see that, and I'm like, okay, so there are people in the crown, and there's other people emerging from the crown, and now they're on the... What the fuck is that? Like, I just sent her that clip with no context, and was like, look, you're gonna love this show, and she's like, what is this? (laughs) So that was the very first thing that you saw? Of the magician, yeah. (laughs) Oh my god. Well, that's that's actually a very good thing to see like it put me up i wanted to know what happened what i'm like (laughs) yeah it explains a lot and and it's it's um it's weird enough and it's out of context enough that you'd be like you're curious yeah exactly what's happening yeah especially because we're huge late miss fans she was like what is this thing do you hope to be in another musical moment oh i I would love to (laughs) i love singing are you yeah i was gonna say are you a musical Person. Yeah, um, I am. Um, I I feel like I'm, I think that I'm better than I am, um, but, but I feel like everybody does. Yeah, but, I was um, gonna say don't we all? <laughs> yeah, but um, uh, yeah, I I would love to be in another musical episode. We're we're gonna petition for you. Good, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> well, that was it. Thank you so much for uh, for being with us. It was really fun no, to have you. you. It was a lot of fun. It's been such yeah. a pleasure. Also, unrelated, your glasses are so cute. <laughs> oh, thank you. You're thank welcome. You. <laughs> yeah, I don't think Rafe is uh, is uh, allowed to have them in filler. <laughs> they haven't no. been invented yet, right? No, they haven't been. This is like brand new technology. Filler yeah. <laughs> is very well behind well, it. I care. Maybe Elliot can be the eyeglasses king. <laughs> Maybe that could be his legacy. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you so much, you guys. This this was uh, a lot of fun, and yeah, I 
it made me kind of go back and obviously and then uh, we watch it and think about you know what a great kickstart to the second season yeah and i like um uh, oh what how they introduce filori as this grandiose things and because now we see how complex it is and like yeah. how unperfect it is but right now we're seeing as yeah. this like oh my god this magical land that we always dreamed yeah. and the rainbow bridge like you said all that shit was like showing what yeah. filori should be <laughs> And then I, I just loved also this episode, all the, the aerial shots and the big wide shots yes. of showing what Fillory looks like. Um, yeah, it, it's just, it was beautifully shot as well. Oh, uh, thank you very much. Honestly, uh, it was a pleasure. If ever you want to come back, tell us. We're going to be happy to. <laughs> yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe we can do a more uh, sloth-centric episode next time. <laughs> maybe, yeah. We, we should do, do the, 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 the elections. Yeah, that would be <laughs> yeah. so fun. But yeah, we'll definitely... Yeah. It was such a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh, I, had a, I had a great time. Anytime. We're glad. We're all yeah. happy, happier now that we've had our coffee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> All right, well, have a wonderful day and thank you for waking up so early. Yes, no you. problem. <laughs> and um, have a great have a great day and uh, um, I hope you have a good day at the airport. <laughs> I will. I will. Okay. Hopefully. If I ever go through Montreal and I have like some something happen with my flight, I'll be sure to yeah. be yeah. so right. nice to you. It, Where it, is Catherine Gilbert? <laughs> I need my special name. <laughs> This has been Filorian United. Once again, we want to thank Sergio for his time and his wonderful insight. We had so much fun recording with him, and we hope to have him uh, in new uh, in other episodes. We also want to take uh, time to thank. Harry Potter and the Secret Text, as well as Spirit Podcast, for being inspiration and mentors to go our podcast. Vanessa Zoltan for telling us how Lecture Divina works. All of our patrons, like Elliot, who, with a little bit of their money, help us run the show. If you want to be a Foo Fighter just like him, go on patreoncom United and help us run the show. If you want to reach us, you can go on Tumblr and Facebook at Philorian United. Always be able to tweet at us at Philorians. And if the discussion or the Lecture Divina inspired you to have your own thoughts, we want to hear them. Just email us at philoriansunited at gmail.com. And we want everyone to know that we're so happy to be back and we cannot wait for another season of laughter and insight and existential crisis. Until then, I wish you a wonderful day. Bye. Okay, I had a question that has nothing to do with this episode. <laughs> But okay. in this third season, we learned that uh, Rafe and Abigail are something. And I heard that it was uh, Summer that had it, this line. Is it true? The, there was a line that wasn't there before. Um, and I think it was because maybe um, David Reed uh, was the writer for that episode. Mm -hmm. And he was there um, watching, it sh watching us shoot it. And then I think it was because... Maybe it wasn't, um, it was a little bit, not creepy, but we were talking about, um, you know, um, bestiality. And that's not the easiest topic to, I guess, present. 
And so David Reed thought, and uh, with the director Josh Butler, they thought, oh, maybe if uh, Summer Margot says you really love that slot, it would change it from bestiality to love, and it's, oh. it's a connection that both of them have. So um, they came up with that with that line, and Summer delivered it perfectly. <laughs> yeah, I love that because everyone was yeah. like, "Oh my god!" and now it's a ship. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.